What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. voice superimposes itself over the theme music, just as my voice did when I started speaking. Your opening announcement would sound like this. Tonight, the Blank Company presents another of the exciting adventures in the life of Bulldog Drummond, amateur detective, soldier of fortune, champion of lost causes, the most celebrated adventure detective of fiction and the screen, who now comes to his loyal friends through radio with more of his baffling and intriguing mysteries. We invite you to follow in the footsteps of Bulldog Drummond. We invite you, too, to try blank. At this point, your announcer will describe your product, store, or service, followed by 40 words of selling copy. Now to tell you about tonight's adventure, here is Bulldog Drummond. Come with me to one of the great highways which spread like ribbons across the broad expanse of the United States. It is late at night and a driving storm beats down on the countryside. Coming up toward the crest of a steep hill, a huge express truck laden with goods slowly climbs. In the driver's cab, two men peer intently into the night. Hi, Bill. You are it? What time is it? Uh, 3.30. Say, did you see that? Yeah. Another truck behind us, signaling with their lights. I wonder if it's anyone we know. I'll give them our signal. Two long flashes and one short one. Here comes their reply. Long, two shorts, and the long. It's funny. I never got that signal on the road before. I guess it must be some new outfit. Yeah. Boy, I'm sure glad we ain't alone on this road. What do you mean? The Richards mob. <laughs> you ain't worried about them, are you? Well, they got away with six hijackings in the last two weeks. Two of them were on this road. Yeah, but they wouldn't pull another job so quickly. They're not so dumb. They know the cops are looking for them. Yeah, well, I hope you're right. 
Hey, that truck's coming close. Only it ain't a truck, Red. I can see it clearly now. It's a car. Yeah, here they come. Okay, you and the cab. Pull over and stop. Say, Red, they got guns and rifles. Yeah, four men in that car. Better do as they say, Bill. Come on, stop or we'll let you have it. I mean business, Bill. Business or not, I ain't stopping. You better duck. Hey, the road's wet. Be careful of skidding. I know what I'm doing. I hope so. Are you going to pull over? This is your last chance. Bill, you better stop. No, I can manage it. Now you did it with skidding. Hold tight. I'll bring her out of it. Just take it. Bill, you're heading for the back. Get her in the center of the road. I can't. She's out of control. Watch it, Red. We're going to crash. Red. Red, you okay? Yeah. You were crazy to try a thing like that. I wanted to get away from them. Not a lot of good it, did you? Here they come. All right, get out of that cab, both of you. Guess the jig's up, Bell. Not yet, it ain't. There'll be other trucks along this road and cars, too. I'm going to stall them. Come on out, or we'll drag you out. Come on, Red. You must be Richard. Never mind who I am. Okay, boys, you two cover him. I'll take over the truck. Oh, no, you don't. Hey, you look like the kind that's going around looking for trouble. Yeah, you got me right, buddy. Uh, he dropped his gun. Grab it, Red. Grab it. Why didn't you help Dr. Wilson wanted in Ward 8. Calling Dr. Wilson. Captain Drummond? Denny? Oh, I got your message, Captain Drummond, and here I am. But would you mind telling me what this is all about? Well, Denny, I've asked you to meet me at this hospital because we've got one of the most important commissions we've ever been assigned to since we landed in the United States. Oh, I say, what's up? It seems there's a gang of hijackers stealing truckloads of goods consigned for shipment to England. Hijackers? Yes, Denny, it's an American word for a sort of road pirate. Oh, I understand. Or when did you receive this commission? Well, we must work as quickly as possible. You know how badly they need those American goods back home. Oh, yes, of course. Uh, Just how do these modern descendants of Captain Kidd operate? Instead of ships, they use automobiles, Denny. Instead of cutlasses, they use sawed-off shotguns and submachine guns. Otherwise, the methods are exactly the same. Terrorize or even kill the drivers and make off with their trucks. They're a particularly nasty lot, Denny. As I can well imagine, Captain. One of their victims, a man named Cassidy, is in that room. He was courageous enough to resist them. They beat him, shot him. If a doctor will permit it, we'll have a chat with him. Ah, there's Dr. Wilson now. You may come in, Captain Drummond. Come, Denny. I don't think you'll be able to have much of a talk with him, Captain Drummond. He's been delirious for the last two days. Uh-huh. Talks coherently for help only me, short Red. periods. I understand, Doctor. Help me, Red. Red, why don't you help me? Grab his gun, Red. Help me, Red. Cassidy. Red. Red. Cassidy. Uh, who? Who are you? I'm Captain Hugh Drummond. I'm investigating the hijacking. Hijacking? Oh, yeah, the fight. Did they get the truck? Did they get my load? Huh? Yes, Cassidy, yes. Now, look, do you feel well enough to answer some questions? Yeah, yeah I guess so. Good. Now, can you tell me exactly what happened when you were held up three days ago? Yeah, well, Red and me crashed into the embankment. Then they came up in their car. How many men did they have in the car? 
four, I think. Did you recognize any of the men who attacked you? No. I guess I was kind of crazy of me to wail into them like I did, but it was dark, and I figured they wouldn't be able to shoot straight anyway. I, I thought I could stall them till another car came along the road, but I guess it didn't work. You know, Red didn't help me much. Oh? In fact, he, he just stood there. Say, Captain Drummond. Yes? Now I come to think of it, the way the lights were signaled. Yes. A, a, a long, in two shorts, and then a long. And then the way red. Oh, my head. Yes, Cassidy, go on with what you were saying. Yeah. And light signals. Red. Yes, Cassidy. What about red? Red. Why don't you help me? Grab his gun, red. Give me a hand here, will you? They're coming at me. Don't let him, Red. Oh, Dr. Red. Wilson. Dr. Wilson. I'm afraid this will be all for the present, Captain Drummond. Yes, I understand, Doctor. Why don't you help Denny. Me? Coming, yes. I say, Captain Drummond, who's this Red person he's talking about? Well, Red Nelson, the driver who was with him when the truck was held up. And strangely enough, he wasn't injured in the fight at all. Oh, that's curious. Well, have you questioned this Nelson person yet? Yes, yeah, I had a little talk with him before coming here. He's scheduled to take a cargo of goods worth $30,000 to New York tonight. Hmm. He doesn't know it yet, but I'm going to be on that truck with him, Denny. <laughs> Hey, Michaels. Come on, I'm ready to leave. Hey, Michaels, what's keeping you? Well, it's about... Oh, Captain Drummond. Yes. Hello, Nelson. What are you doing here? I've decided to take Michael's place. Why? You're carrying a valuable cargo, you know. You haven't any objection to my coming along, have you? Well, it's hard work. I need someone to relieve me. Oh, that's all right. I can drive. Can you? Oh, I've handled trucks like this before. Well, what do you say? Ready to leave? Okay, Drummond. Well, Nelson, when do you want me to take over? I'll tell you when, Drummond. Oh, you've been at the wheel for five hours now. I should think you're rather tired. No, I ain't tired. Say, what's that? What? Those lights in your mirror. Signals. Signals? From whom? Another truck in back of us. You can see it in the mirror. I can see a pair of lights. It looks more like a car from here. Oh, cars don't signal like that. It's another truck. Look, they're flashing their lights again. Yeah. Well, what does that signal mean? asking if everything's okay. Right. Are you going to reply? Yeah. I'm going to tell him everything's fine. Like this. Two long flashes and a short one. Interesting. I suppose they'll respond. Sure. Here it comes. Long one, two short ones. What does that mean? It means this. What, a, a pistol? Yeah, get him up, Drummond. Come on, get him up. All right, Nelson. 
What are you going to do? You're not going to leave this cab alive, Drummond. I'm afraid you won't either. What do you mean? Look, your truck's going off the road. Where? Hey, let go my hand. Oh, drop oh. that gun. Drop that gun. Oh, you ain't going to... Drop it, I tell you. No. Oh, oh, you ain't going to get away with it, you... Yeah. A fight to the finish and a truck running wild down the highway. Can Drummond save the precious cargo? What is the secret of the blinking highlights? In just a few moments, we'll know the answer to this secret. The music fades, and at this point in the program each week, your local announcer presents a minute and a half of your selling copy. However, as is customary on the premier performance of network shows, let's listen to the following suggested personal message to be read on the opening program by your local announcer or a chief executive of your company. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Tonight is a great one in the career of the Blank Company. For tonight, we present for the first time the most celebrated adventure detective of fiction and the screen, Bulldog Drummond, who will now be brought to you, our good friends and his loyal friends, through radio. We have developed this program for your entertainment, to make your Sundays more pleasant, and to circle a weekly date on your calendar to get together with the Blank Company. The adventures of Bulldog Drummond come to you directly from the stage of the Mutual Playhouse just off Times Square in New York City, where every Sunday, for your entertainment, we will assemble a sparkling cast of dramatic stars from radio, Hollywood, and the theater to bring you the very best, the most brilliant, in mystery adventure stories, just as we of the Blank Company always bring you the best in blank products. Be sure to tune in every Sunday when Bulldog Drummond will thrill you again with another complete, pulse-pounding story in his career of breathtaking adventure. Such is the program that we have arranged especially for you, and we of the Blank Company sincerely hope that Bulldog Drummond brings you as much pleasure each week as it gives us in presenting him to you. And now, on with the show. Drummond struggling with Red Nelson in the cab of the huge trailer truck, which is swinging crazily down the highway as the two men grapple. Drummond is relentlessly twisting Nelson's gun hand. Drop that gun. Uh, you ain't going to get away from it. Right? Oh. Uh, stop this truck. Uh, there we are. Uh, all right, Nelson, step out of it. Come uh, on, come uh, on. Your pistol now, so you better not try anything. What are you going to do with me? You better talk fast, Nelson. If you're smart and tell me what I want to know, it'll take years off your sentence. What do you want to know? Those light signals we saw. They came from Richard's car, didn't they? Yeah. Did he plan to hijack this truck? Yeah. What was the signal you gave him? Was it the signal to stay away? You ain't got a thing on me, Captain Drummond. You ain't going to get any information out of me. I don't understand it, Captain Drummond. What, Denny? Why that Nelson person is so foolish as to withhold the information? Oh, it's quite simple. He thinks Richards will help him. 
soon as we got back here, he saw a lawyer, and we haven't been able to get a word out of him since. It's rather discouraging, isn't it, Captain Drummond? Yes, yes, rather. I thought Nelson's capture would give us an important lead, but it's just another blind alley. We're back just where we started from, and it is... <laughs> what are you laughing at, Captain Drummond? <laughs> Denny, <laughs> Denny, have you seen the seat of your trousers? The seat of my trousers? <laughs> you must have sat in some paint. <laughs> oh, dear me, so I have. <laughs> Looks quite ghastly, doesn't it? Well, uh, that rich yellow doesn't exactly harmonize with your blue suit. Oh, I must rush home and change. No, 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 don't. Oh, but Captain Drummond, it's most embarrassing. Embarrassing? Why, Denny, those trousers have just given me a plan that will lead to the capture of the Richards mob. Have they? Oh, I don't see how a pair of trousers can capture a gang of hijackers. Oh, you will, Denny, you will. Well, do you mind telling me what your plan is, Captain Drummond? Of course not. In every one of these hijackings, the truck was taken from the drivers on the highway. Yes, that seems to be the general method. Yes. Two days later, the truck would be found empty, miles away from the spot where it was held up. The hijackers had unloaded the goods, and unless I'm greatly mistaken, stored them somewhere. Oh, can you be sure of that? Well, not absolutely sure. You see, the police in New York and Chicago have received very little of the stolen property. These hijackers are clever. They know that it's rather easy for the police to trace large quantities of stolen property. Oh, yes, I see. And so they're selling only small amounts of it. In that way, they protect themselves. Very clever. Yes, but here's the rub. They must have some place where they can unload and store the stuff. And that's the place we're going to find. But how? With a clever paint trail, which we'll find in the crime laboratory here at police headquarters. Come on, Denny. We have a lot of work to do. Try this new mixture. Very well, Captain Drummond. Paint, paint, paint. Upon my word, Captain Drummond, I'm fairly sick of the smell of the stuff. Ah, now, now, Denny. We're getting close to the mixture we need. Don't lose patience now. Captain Drummond. Yes? Do you realize that we've spent the entire night in this laboratory? Have we? Uh Wait, Denny. Come here. What is it? Look, this mixture. 104. When did you set it out to dry? Oh, I look at the top. 104. Here it is. It was set out at 5.10 a.m. 5.10. And what was its original color? Dark blue. Look, Denny, it's turned a cream color. Yes. I think this is the mixture we need. What time is it now? 5.40. Are you sure it didn't change color before this? Oh, I'm positive. Here's the chart, Captain Drummond. Mixture 104, dark blue paint, set to dry at 5.10 a.m. 5.15 a.m., same color. 5.30, still blue. 5.35, starting to turn to cream color. This is what we need to really track down the stolen trucks. Turn on the lights, Denny. I want to make one more test. Right, oh. Where's that spotlight? Ah, here it is. Now, Denny, you watch while I turn on the spotlight. There we are. See, Denny? We can see that mixture 104 without any trouble. That cream shade looks white under the spotlight. Yes. All right, Denny. Today is the 21st. I'm going to call the Trans State Transport Company and tell them to spread the word that a valuable truckload of goods will be sent to New York on the night of the 23rd. And, Denny, I think that date will mark the end of the Richards outfit.
Hey, look, Terry, I think that's the trans-state truck coming up the hill now. Yeah. You better get set. I want you to swing out into the road as soon as it passes us. Okay. You fellows ready back there? Yeah, okay. Okay. Now, we're in luck. I can't see another pair of lights on this road, and we can see for miles from the top of this hill. Yeah. Say, boss. Yeah? Are you sure this load is worth the risk? Sure. Hey, listen, I got a gilded-edged tip that the load coming through tonight is worth close to a hundred grand. Yeah, but what I'm worried about is that it might be a trap. Hey, what's eating you? Getting cold feet? No, no, but you know what happened to Red Nelson. Without him slipping us the dope from the inside, we might be taking a big chance. Hey, listen. I checked this road for 20 miles in both directions. There ain't a trace of a cop around here. Stop your worrying, Jerry. This looks like it'll be the easiest load we ever grabbed. Well, I hope you're right. Here it comes, Jerry. Yep, this is our baby. It's the trans-state, all right. All right, Jerry, turn on the lights and get started. Jerry, pull over close to the cab. Right. You fellas in the back, get ready to those Tommy guns. Okay, Jerry, blast your horn. Right. Hey, you're in the truck. Pull over. Stop or we'll let you have it. Come on, pull over. Yeah, that did it, Richards. They're stopping. Pull up in front of them. All right. Come on, man. Right behind. Hey, you two, get out of that cab. That's right. Now make it quick. Come on. Keep your hands up. Okay. We're getting out. Come on, Daddy. All right. Now we won't shoot you if you don't give us any trouble. Jerry, you get in the truck. All right. I'll follow you in the stick-up car. Okay. Well, there they go, Denny. Yes, it worked like a charm, Captain Drummond. I don't think they were in the least suspicious. I hope not. And the way you said okay, sir, it sounded so authentically American. <laughs> Denny, look at the road here. Our paint mixture, 104. Yes. It's dark blue. And the trailing gangster car with Richard in it will never spot it. But in 30 minutes, it'll turn cream-colored. And we'll be able to follow that truck to wherever they're taking it. I wonder what they'd do if they knew they were leaving a trail behind them leading straight to their hideout. Well, Denny, in half an hour, Sergeant Johnson of the state police will be along, and we'll be able to follow that trail. Sergeant Johnson, I think we're reaching the end of the trail. Better slow down. All right, sir. Look, Denny. The line of paint goes right up to the entrance of that warehouse. Yes. Stop here, Sergeant, please. Now, look, Sergeant. You better turn out the lights on this car and radio headquarters the location of this warehouse and tell them to send some men at once. All right, Captain Drummond. Come on, Denny. What are you going to do, Captain Drummond? Have a look at that warehouse. It seems to be dark and deserted. They probably have blinds over the windows. Look, Denny, you can see how the white line made by our paint mixture goes right through that garage entrance. Yes, it does. Look, there's a door over there. Quiet now as we approach. Right, sir. It's open, Denny. Better get your pistol ready. There may be trouble. Right. Oh, come along, come along. Look, sir. Huh? There's a light up there near the back. Yes, yes. Look, there's the truck we were in tonight. Yes, but where are the men? There doesn't seem to be a soul about. Yes, yes, 
That's curious. Any of the door. Somebody close the door. Come on back, quick. It's locked. It's locked. I'm afraid, Captain Drummond, we've walked into a trap. Yes, they must have seen us come in and slipped out through another entrance. Well, Captain Drummond, if we didn't succeed in getting the pirates, at least we succeeded in getting their booty. Uh, Look at this place. Why, there are hundreds of thousands of dollars worth of stolen goods here. Uh, and... Denny, yes? Do you smell smoke? Smoke? Yes, Captain Drummond. Well, look, look there in the back. A fire. Yes, Denny, those bounders are far cleverer than I gave them credit for. They knew that the game was up, and they set this place on fire to destroy the evidence before they fled. Captain Drummond, what was that? Denny, look over there. Crate upon crate of chemicals. This place will be a roaring furnace in five minutes. We've got to get out of here. Try the door over there, Denny. Right, sir. <coughs> I say this door's locked. Try the window, Captain Drummond. <coughs> Windows are barred too. We can't get out through them. There goes another crate of chemicals. Captain Drummond, this fire's spreading as fast as lightning. All these doors seem to be locked. What are we going to do? Back to the smashing climax of our mystery in just a moment. But first, a message from our sponsor. Again, your local announcer presents another minute-and-a-half sales message. At this time, we ask you to try and visualize what the adventures of Bulldog Drummond means to you. Here are the facts. In the past, as a local or regional advertiser operating on a limited budget, you could not hope to compete with the big network radio programs for a listening audience. A talent costs alone making this impossible. Today, however, as a participant in our cooperative group, you pay only your prorated share of the total talent cost. This is possible because Bulldog Drummond is a nationally syndicated cooperative network radio program, which is simultaneously fed by direct wire from the Mutual Playhouse just off Times Square in New York City to the 175 affiliated stations of the Mutual Broadcasting System from coast to coast. This fall, starting Sunday, September 28th, you can exclusively sponsor an audience-tested radio program in your city which has proven itself the equal of the brilliant network shows sponsored by the world's largest advertisers. Bulldog Drummond is not a phonograph record, but a live show presenting top-name dramatic artists in person at a good Sunday hour when most people listen and at a program cost, prorated, to the potentialities of your trading area. And remember that Bulldog Drummond's fiction fans and movie fans are pre-sold Drummond Radio fans. Now back to Bulldog Drummond. We left Drummond and Denny trapped in the blazing warehouse, surrounded by exploding chemical crates, choking from the dense fumes and facing an almost certain death. Licking tongues of flame bar all exits. Desperately, Denny cries. There goes another crate of chemicals. Captain Drummond, this fire is spreading as fast as lightning. The doors are locked. The window's barred. What are we going to do? Denny, Denny, look, there's a truck. Into the cab, hurry. Right-o. Oh, we're in luck, Denny. Look, they left the keys in. 
What are you going to do, Captain Robin? Use the truck as a battering ram and smash through those garage doors. Hold on, Denny. Here we go. Denny. Denny. Are you all right? Quiet, Captain Drummond. Quiet. Come on, come on. Let's get out of here. I do. Captain Drummond, are you all right? Yes, I've been done. Yes. I, I, I saw them speed by in two automobiles a few minutes after you and Denny went into the warehouse. Oh, did you radio in a description of their cars? Yes. I also radioed in a report about the fire. The fire engines are coming up now. Good, good. Good work. I want to get to that radio and tell headquarters to block all roads in a radius of 50 miles of this place. Come on, Denny. Calling all cars. Blockade all roads in 50-mile radius of Old Simmons Warehouse. Richard's mob believed in vicinity. Calling all cars. Calling car 29. Barricade road south of Hollis Head. Calling car 38. Barricade road south of Robbins Turnpike. State Police Headquarters. Special orders to Police Chief of Martinsville. Barricade all roads west of your town. Richard's mob believed in vicinity. Description of cars near Sergeant, are you sure that this is the road they took? Yes, Captain Drummond. They had quite a start on us, Captain Drummond. Yes, I know, I know. Calling all cars, Richards and his mob spotted at Glenville. Police fired at their cars and knocked out one of their headlights. They turned around, went south on Route 14. Route 14? That's the road we're on now. Sergeant Johnson, how far is it to Glenville? Only three or four miles from here, Captain Drummond. Then we may meet them coming toward us, unless they've taken a side road. I say, Captain Drummond, look up there. Two cars just came over the crest of that hill. One of them has a headlight out. Yes, but we can't be sure it's Richard's. I say, they seem to be signaling to each other with their headlights. Look, a long flash, two short ones, and another long one. Ah, that's Richard's, all right. It's that all-clear signal. Dalton, swing your car around and block the road. Okay, Captain. Hurry, we won't be able to make it if you don't. Come on, Denny. Dalton, out of this car quickly now. Come over here to the side of the road. Here they come. Yes, they'll have to stop now. Get your pistols ready, men. We'll close in when they stop. We'll be able to hold them until help arrives. Captain Drummond, I don't think they're going to stop. They're trying to swing down the side. Captain Drummond. Yes, Denny. I say, did you see this account of the capture of the Richards gang and the blade? Uh, no, no, Denny. Well, there's a very good photograph of you in it. Hmm? Yeah. The one they have of me is simply horrid. Oh, wow. Uh, Denny, I think you'd better say goodbye, or rather au revoir to our American friends. Well, what do you mean? Well, we're leaving on the clipper for England. I received a cable only an hour ago. I'm afraid we won't be able to come back here until the fall. Oh, dear me, I... It will be difficult to say farewell. I, I've i made so many good friends here. Uh, and so have I. But there's a great deal of work to be done in England, and we are needed. Again, the music fades. Again, your local announcer presents a half-minute sales message. We suggest you have your selling copy at this point feature specials, traffic items, price merchandise, or special promotions. 
strong do-it-today coffee with plenty of cell. Out of the fog, out of the night, and into sure comes Bulldog Drummond. This story begins in a surprising way. Listen, walked across the street to where my new Buick was parked. The surprise I mentioned was a blonde package done up attractively in a shimmering patina fox jacket. I opened the car door, and there she was in the front seat. Hello. As I said, the car was new. I looked twice to make sure it was mine. It's your car. I recall the dealer telling me you came with it. A good deal has nothing to do with my being here. Oh, well, what has? Get in and we'll talk about it. I've been waiting here for you. Oh, you should have said I would have gladly passed up dessert. No, Captain Hugh Drummond. You know me. Well, who doesn't? You help people in trouble. In certain cases, tell me you're in trouble. I am. Will you help me? It's possible. I um, don't believe I know your name. Virginia. Virginia Morris. Miss? Miss. It's quite possible. You're nice. Well, Virginia... My friends call me Ginny. Then friend to another, Ginny, just what sort of trouble is it? It's about the cat. The cat? This one. It's no porcelain to go there alone. That's why I came to you. I didn't want him to see me going to your house. He warned me not to tell anyone. That's why I waited for you in the car. You will help me, won't you? Uh, first, you'll have to make some sense. Well, what is this all about? Ralph brought this cat back from China six weeks. The brother. He was there on business. Ralph said the cat was very valuable. He said it's hundreds of years old, and he asked me to hold it for him. That was six weeks ago, as I said. The next day, Ralph left the house. I didn't hear from him until this evening. And your brother told you not to tell anyone about it? Oh, no, no, it wasn't Ralph who said that. It was the other man. Yes. And he spoke to me over the phone after Ralph. Ralph just said a few words, and then the man must have taken the phone away from him. He told me to bring the cat to him at 22 River Street, but he'd be in the doorway. I was to be there at 9.30, but you see, I was afraid to go there alone, so I came to see... I was detained, oh. sir. A phone call came in, and... Captain Drummond. Uh, Benny, this is Miss Morris. Uh, where did she come from? Believe it or not, she was waiting here in the car for me. A likely story. Ginny has asked my assistance. Oh, it's Ginny. Captain Drummond, we better hurry. He said to be there by 9.30 sharp. Come on, Denny, get in. Uh, you're sure I won't be crowding you? You uh, say the number was 22 River Street. Yes, that's right. River Street, sir? Why are we going to that wretched neighborhood? Because Miss Morris's brother seems to be in some sort of trouble. It's a matter of life and death. Life and death. That's the usual story, isn't it, sir? That isn't a joke. I didn't finish what I started to tell you, Captain Drummond. The man said to me that Ralph would be killed if the mink cat wasn't delivered tonight. Mink cat. Sir, that's it. That's just what he said. The mean cat. What are you talking about, Denny? The phone call which detained me. It was a man. He sounded oriental. I thought it was just another one of those crank calls we so often... Denny, made. for heaven's sakes, come out with it. What is it? He said to forget about the mean cat. It's evil. He said to those who touch it, it brings only bad luck and death.
Well, this area is forbidding enough without having a pea super to make matters worse. Denny, you can count this far for blessing. It'll come until we get to that doorway up the street. Uh, Ginny, I'll take that china cat now. Oh, but you said that as long as the cat was in our hands, you thought Ralph's life would be spared. I'm reasonable. Don't worry, I'm not letting go of it until your brother is brought back safe and sound. You better let me have it. All right. Thank you. Come on, Denny. Jack, Captain Drummond, this gives me the creeps. Frankly, Denny, I know just how you feel. Wrong thing to hear coming from you, sir. You know how I rely on you for moral support. Number 22 is the next building. Ready? Ready, sir. Actons. I'll do the talking. That dubious pleasure is all yours. Let us go. Wait. No one's here. Perhaps he's inside. We'll have a look. Switch on your flash. Yes, sir. Well, look. The entrance is boarded. Now, Denny. Quick, cut the light. Denny? I'm... I'm all right, sir. That flashlight made us a perfect target for a moment there. The shots. Someone was lying in wait for us over there. Yeah, we're certainly lucky. We certainly are, Denny. This mean cat didn't break when I dropped up. Maybe it isn't such bad luck after all. Oh, the devil with that confounded cat, sir. Look what it got us into. Well, now let's see if it can get us out of it. What? We're getting back Ginny in the car as quickly as our feet can carry us. With an armed killer across the street? I told you before, there's a blessing. It will cover our retreat just as it did our advance. Let's hope. I get set to run for it. Follow me and stay close by. made it. Yes. Maybe you were right about that mean cat after all, sir. For luck so far. I hope it'll do as well for Jenny Morris. Huh? What do you mean, sir? She's not in the car, Denny. I wish I knew what this was all about, sir. Why we were shot at. Why Miss Morris disappeared. Why she lied to us. What's the answer to it all? Denny, I haven't the slightest idea. But I'm sure everything will be made clear to us in time. You really think this mean cat will get us the truth? I think it will attract the fish we want. Now, let's go up to our apartment and wait for a nipple. Stay right where you are. Oh, sir, she, she has a gun. Yes, and I'll use it if either one of you try anything. You see, Denny, what did I tell you? A bite. And we haven't even cast our wheel. Give it to me. I'm sorry, I don't understand. I saw William in this car before. She gave you the cat, didn't she? The cat? Uh, Denny, I wonder what on earth this young woman is talking about. Well, I'm, I'm sure, sir. I, I, I haven't the slightest notion. The cat that's on your lap. Oh, dear, dear. How clumsy of me. Hand it over. I, I'm terribly sorry, sir. I was sure I had it hidden from view. Yes, well, the damage is done, Denny. This young woman and her automatic appear to mean business. You'd better hand it over. Yes, sir. Here you are. Now, don't move. Stay right where you Where did you get this cat, huh? You answered that question for yourself a moment ago. Yeah, what'd you do with the other one? The other one? You know what I'm talking about. Now, where's the other one? Isn't this one satisfactory? No, you can't fool me. I know. I know all about it. I'll show you how much I know about it. Here. Wait. Sir, she broke it. She deliberately destroyed that relic. Oh, stop it. Stop acting. You know as well as I do that it was a fake. You know it wasn't worth two dollars. Evidently, Jenny, our bait wasn't as valuable as we thought. But it serves the purpose. Can you tell me where the real one is? Tell me or I'll kill both of you. Well, that would be rather difficult, considering the fact that you neglected to release the safety on that gun you're holding. Mm-hmm. Yes, what? I'll show you what oh, I mean. Oh, 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 you know it isn't stylish for a young woman to sport these things? 
just as be done this season. There. Much better without it. Really. Here, Daddy, take this. With pleasure. Let go of me. Let go of me. You're hurting my arm. Fisherman always holds tight till he lands his quarry. Right, Denny? Right, sir. Please, let me go. Let go of me. Oh, I wouldn't think of it. After all, if I hadn't tricked you out of that gun, you might have eliminated Denny and me. Oh, no, you wouldn't have been harmed. It wasn't possible. The gun's empty. Not a cartridge in the chamber. What? Look, sir. She's telling the truth. The gun is empty. Not a cartridge in the chamber. All right, Inspector. I'll be waiting for your call. Now, go on with your story, Mrs. Haynes. I'm telling you the truth, but you don't believe me, do you? I'll be able to judge better just as soon as Inspector Kelly calls me back from headquarters. In the meantime, go ahead. I didn't know you were Captain Drummond. I thought you were in with them. I was desperate. I'd do something to find my husband, Frank. Dear, another mysteriously missing male. This routine is being a bit overused tonight, eh, sir? To the point of boredom. Well, it's the truth, just as I told it to you. Frank was to meet me when my boat docked. I was bringing the main camp back from the Orient. Frank had a buyer for it here. You went through that before. That blonde girl who calls herself Ginny Morris met you at the dock. She was supposedly taking you to your husband. Instead, you were taken to a hotel room where you were drunk. Yes, and when you awakened, the Ming cat was gone. You were unable to locate your husband. Then you received a phone call this evening. A man told you that if you waited in front of this apartment house tonight, you'd find both your husband and the Ming yes, cat. Yes, yes, that's how I happened to see that woman and Captain Drummond in the car. A fascinating tale, but completely unbelievable. Uh, it's usually customary to report such things to the police. But I told you I did report my husband's disappearance. Yes, so you said. Uh, Mrs. Haynes. Yes, Captain Drummond. On two occasions, you've mentioned the fact that you surmised that I was involved with them. Now, we know of the girl who calls herself Ginny Morris. What do you mean by them? Who are the others? I don't know who he is. When I was taken to the hotel room, there was a man there. He said he was a friend of Frank's. But he wasn't. I never saw him before in my life. I... Uh, I'll get it, Denny. Hello? Oh, yes, Inspector. I see. There is, huh? Where? Hmm. Well, thank you very much, Inspector. Goodbye. Well, sir? Evidently, Denny, Mrs. Haynes here has been telling the oh. truth. She did report her husband's disappearance to the police. Inspector Kelly tells me they found him. That's right. They found him? Well, where, where is he? I'm sorry, Mrs. Haynes. What do you mean? What's wrong? A man identified as Frank Haynes jumped from an eight-story window of a downtown office building at six o'clock this evening. What? Your husband, Mrs. Haynes is in the morgue. I'll return in a moment to continue our story. Frank Haynes is dead. He supplied the police with a description of the blonde young lady who called herself Jimmy Martin. And then, Denny and I accompanied Mrs. Haynes to the morgue. Captain Drummond. I'm sorry, Mrs. Haynes, but identification of your husband's body is necessary. This way, please, it's the door just ahead. Uh, number five, then. Yes, sir. All right, Captain Drummond. Mrs. Haynes. Captain Drummond, please, I can... It has to be done, Mrs. Uh, Haynes. I just lost it, and we can leave. All right. Captain Drummond. What is it? This, this body. 
It's not Frank. Captain Cummings, this isn't my husband. Now, right here, Denny, is the window he was supposed to have jumped out of. But it wasn't a suicide. Well, how do you know, sir? Well, it stands to reason. The death of the unidentified man was another part of another act. Someone wanted Mrs. Haynes to believe that her husband was dead. They thought that a fall from an eight-story window would smash the body beyond recognition. They missed their guess on that point. Yes, but the elevator man told us that the man came up to this floor alone last night. He came up alone, Denny. But he wasn't alone when he stood at this window. I'm convinced he was pushed out by whoever stood here with him. Well, how are you going to prove that? Come along. Where to now, Dad? They're going to cover every floor of this building. There are five stories above this and seven below. Now, you work from here down and I'll work up. And what do I look for? I want to know the nature of every business in this building. Maybe just a waste of time, but it's worth a plot. I mounted the dimlit stairs. Then he went down to check the floors below. Nothing of unusual interest on the 9th, 10th, the 11th. And then, as I walked along the 12th floor corridor, I stopped suddenly. I stood before the door where the black letters on the dusty glass panels spelled out J.R. Andrews, importer of Oriental Antiques. I opened the door and walked in. Uh, good afternoon, sir. Good afternoon. Uh, what is your pleasure? Why, I've taken a recent and intense interest in Ming porcelain. Oh, yes, Ming. Well, you see, workmanship in porcelain reached a great and glorious climax under the Ming dynasty. Uh, genius was in the fingertips of the hands of the lowest worker as he sat at his molding wheel. Your acquired interest, sir, is a demonstration of taste of the highest order. I'm particularly interested, Mr. Uh, uh, is it Andrews? Yes, I am, Mr. Well, Mr. Andrews, I'm particularly interested in one main piece. One, sir? What is that, may I ask? The figure of a cat. A cat with a rather enigmatic grin on its face. Oh, sir, your taste is not only excellent, it is superb. Well, thank you. You select the perfect Jew among Jews, the main cat. You have one in stock? In stock, sir. <laughs> one does not stock the main cat. Oh, Forgive me, I'm only an amateur. But uh, I perceive you are a man of good intentions notwithstanding. I'm sure I can obtain the object for you. Uh, you have uh, been told the price, sir. Uh, uh, yes, yes, the, the price is agreeable. It's <laughs> a warm pleasure of understanding mine, sir. Uh, this way, please. Oh, Virginia, my dear, our buyer has arrived earlier than expected. Well, Hello. You fool. You stupid fool. Virginia, what's wrong? This isn't the buyer. What? Oh, this is Drummond. Drummond! Oh, no, I, I don't believe it. He was such a gentleman. Sorry to disappoint you. Miss Morris is quite correct. Ginny, I've been looking forward to our meeting again. Oh, the world is filled with deception. Each day more of my faith in mankind is washed away. Oh, keep quiet. You've gotten us into a fine spot. I rather enjoy it. How long can it last? Oh, that's a talking end of a 45 you're feeling your back, Buster. I thought the sensation was unpleasantly familiar. Yes, Sid, my boy. You are an angel of salvation. Sure, Pat, sure. I come to hear this guy say his prayers. As they say in the comic books, Drummond. Get on your runners. You're doing some skating on thin ice.
I say, Captain Drummond, you've no idea how shocked I was when they called me to come down to the hospital. Well, Denny, no more shocked than I was when I awoke and found myself alive in that wrecked car. You know, sometimes, sir, I feel that you have more lives than a cat. A mean captain? Oh, dear, please don't mention that. It's got you into enough difficulty already. Nothing compared to Jimmy Morris and a Mr. Andrews. You found Jimmy Morris? Only fleetingly. The police made a more permanent find. Jimmy and Mr. Andrews were located by the police in Andrews' office in the Packer building. They were both shot to death. Well, I don't understand, sir. Who is Mr. Andrews? And what was Jimmy Morris doing in his office? I'll explain later, Denny. Just now, we're going to part. Well, part? What do you mean? You're dropping off into the men's shop just ahead. Oh, but I don't need anything in the way of apparel, sir. You will only stay in there until he passes. He? What the deuce is this about? The man who's been following us since we left the hospital. Someone's following us. Don't turn around. I want to scare him off. I'll meet him in my own fashion. There, there's the men's shop coming up. Keep your eye on me, but stay at a distance. You got that? Yes, sir. All right, take your oblige now. Good luck, sir. I continued walking. The man in the dark suit followed. I quickened my pace. He quickened his. I slowed. He slowed. And then I came to the corner. I turned the corner quickly and slid up to the building. I stood there, my back pressed against the stone wall, and waited. I beg your pardon, how careless of me. Hey, let go. What's your idea? I was about to ask you the same question. Hey, look, mister, I ain't looking for no rough stuff. Oh, that's too bad. You see, I'm just in the mood for it. You were following me. Why? Sure, I was tailing. You're drumming, ain't you? Go ahead. This friend of mine wants to talk to you, so he sends me out to eagle eye you. His friend says I should bring you with me. Well, first he says I should make positive to yourself. So now you should come with me. Okay? Just like that, huh? Sure. My friend says you'll come quick as a bunny. What made him think so? On account of my friend says you're a bloodhounding for him. My friend, whose name is Frank Haynes. Haynes is shacked in a room on the top floor. Anybody else live in this house? No. Uh, my friend Frank asked me to get him a private layer. The old lady used to run this dump for a boarding house. Here's Frank's room. Come in. Here he is, Frank. I'll bring him like yes. Ah, oh, hello, Drummond. I've been looking forward to this meeting, Haynes. However, I must admit it surprised me to have it develop in such an easy fashion. Well, I knew you'd find me sooner or later. I just thought I'd save you time. Well, that's thoughtful of you. Well, I'm that kind of guy. Of course, you realize your wife is eager to see you, too. So I hear. By the way... I saw your stand-in down at the morgue. I know. You get around fast. Well, sometimes I'm slowed down by unexpected obstacles. I ran into a rather troublesome one this afternoon in the importer's office in the Packer building. I know. Well, you seem to know quite a bit about what goes on. <laughs> I manage. I went downstairs, Frank. Now, wait a minute, Al. Yeah, Frank? I promised to pay you off after you brought him here, didn't I, Al? Oh, sure, sure, Frank. But you're good for I can wait till... Nah! I want to pay you off in front of Drummond. I want to show him how I handle things. Okay, okay, Frank. Just like you say. Yeah, like I say. <coughs> Don't move, Drummond. Why'd you go and do that, Frank? You said we was friends. The only good friends are dead ones. <coughs> ah, now take a look at him, Drummond. 
Take a good look. That's the way you're going to be. And after you, that wife of mine gets it. You're busy with that gun, aren't you, Haynes? I don't leave loose ends around. It's bad, my business. Andrews, Ginny Morris, they were part of your business, too, weren't they? That's right. They muffed on you this afternoon. I don't muff. That's rather evident. This is what you were looking for, Drummond. This is the McCoy cat. I've suddenly lost all interest in that porcelain figure. A hundred thousand dollars worth. That's all mine. One hundred thousand smackers. No more trouble about it. When you're gone, no more trouble. So I'm sorry. You all right, Yes, Denny, except for my nervous system. Oh, thank heavens I got up those stairs in time. It certainly was a lucky thing you had me follow you. Lucky is much too mild a word, Denny. You've no idea how I felt when I saw you standing there in the doorway with that gun in your hand. I say, sir, look, Haynes isn't moving. Wait a moment. He's dead, Denny. But I aimed for his leg. And that's where you got him. Oh, but that shot couldn't have killed him. It wasn't that shot, Denny. It was the one that entered here at his heart. This is the one that killed him. Oh, it's you, Captain Drummond. May we come in, huh? Mrs. Haynes? Oh, yeah, of course. Oh, I just can't believe it, Captain Drummond. I, I can't believe it. It's true, Mrs. Haynes. Everything I told you over the phone about your husband is true. But I couldn't be like that, no. Yes, he, he was a mad dog, Mrs. Haynes. After Captain Drummond, he was going to kill you. Mm. Luckily, he was intercepted by me and uh, an unknown assailant. Well, it's all over now. His murder rampage is at an end. Well, why? Why do those things? I brought the reason with me. Here it is, this Ming cat. But the way I see it, your husband had this figure stolen from you so that he could reap the profits for himself. Yes. And then he faked his own death to steer you off the track. That's about what it amounts to. Now the Ming cat is yours, Mrs. Haynes. Just as the omen says, it only brought bad luck and death. It's cursed. It's still worth a great deal of money. Well, what does money mean now? Yes, I suppose you're right. It would be far better to destroy it. Uh, probably would. And then there's only one thing to do. Wipe out its curse forever. Well, Captain Drummond, yes? what are you going to do? Smash this evil cat that... Oh, I don't do... No, as we said, Mrs. Haynes, it's the only moral course to take. Destroy the curse. Oh, oh you broke it. Get away from those pieces, no. Mrs. Haynes. You're wasting your time. Oh, you fool. You're a rotten, stupid interfering fool. What's happened to her, Captain Drummond? You said you had that mean cat appraised. You were told it was a fraud. You said you were almost sure Mrs. Haynes knew it was a fraud. And so she does, Denny. But the cat's great value is not no, in the portrait. No, it's not here. No, it's gone. It's so, gone. what's this about? It's gone. Gone, where is it? What is she raving about? This package, Denny. You have it. You want to steal it from me? You want it for yourself? This small parcel, Denny, contains $100,000 worth of narcotics. What? By a prearranged plan, it was smuggled into this country inside the cat by Mrs. Haynes. And then greed prompted the double cross and the triple cross. Triple cross? Yes. Mrs. Haynes was in the house when you shot her husband. It was she who fired the fatal bullet. Well, how did you know? I wasn't sure. It was just a point I had in mind. I went through the theatrics of smashing the cat to bits just to prove the point. I had the package removed from the cat when I learned that the porcelain figure was valued at $3.75. And speaking of felines, Denny, now Mrs. Haynes will learn that justice has one sure way of skinning a cat. That is a murderous one.
out of the fog, out of the night, and into his American adventures comes Bulldog Drummond. in the Atlantic, famous for its swimming, sports, and for Wind's Wonderland, a gay, exciting sportland without equal. Anthony Wynn, an old friend of mine from Mayfair, had opened his fun palace on the sound, short run out of the city. That evening, a gay crowd had gathered. They had come for thrills, for laughter. Well, they said he'd never ask a patron to ride on the coaster if he himself wouldn't ride on it. Hmm. 
But why should this ride have killed him then? I don't know, Captain. The doctor here said it was his heart. Well, it's true. Father's heart was never good. And recently, he'd taken a turn for the worse. Miller and I finally persuaded him to see a doctor about it. We drove in together yesterday. And the doctor said to avoid overstrain and sudden shock. Miss Wimmer, I never saw your father get on a whirlwind. If I had, I'd have stopped him. Yes, I know you would, Miller. Thank you. Well, Miller, you've been very helpful. I think you'd better get back to your work now. The crowd seems a little jittery, upset by the accident. See what you can do to quiet them. All right, I'll do my best, Captain Drummond. If you should need me, I'll uh, be glad to help you. Miss Wynn, I, I don't like to ask you this again, but what makes you think your father was murdered? I made him promise me yesterday, after we'd seen the doctor, that he wouldn't go on the whirlwind again. And he said that he'd let Miller test it in the future. But Captain Drummond's father didn't go on that ride voluntarily. Hmm. Had your father any enemies here? Enemies? No. Except perhaps Mr. Carlson, but... No, I, I wouldn't say they were enemies. Mr. Carlson? Yes, he's the owner of the large oyster house a few piers down on the sound. Uh, you see that neon sign on the yacht out there in the bay? Uh, where? No, no, there. That, that ship anchored just beyond the jetty. Oh, yes, yes, I see. Yes. Carlson's oysters are in season. Pretty color that sign makes. That's it. He's a sort of competitor of father's. He runs a resort on the Jersey coast. And he made us an offer to buy out the Wonderland a few days ago, but my father wouldn't sell. They had some words about it, but... Nothing serious. I see. Did he threaten your father? Oh, no. No, nothing like that. Why, Captain Drummond, you don't think... I don't think anything yet, Miss Wynn. I'm just asking questions. And the next thing I want to know is how to take a ride on the roller coaster. Denny and I are going for a trip on the whirlwind. Right back there, Denny? Oh, yes, sir. This is quite a ride, sir. Quite a daring ride. You're right. That last dip is very steep. Steep enough, I'd say, to kill a man with a weak heart. You, you mean, sir, you believe Mr. Wynn was ready killed? I'm not sure yet. Oh, wait, wait, don't move, Denny. Uh, what's that, sir? Don't move. Now, tell me, where are you sitting? Why, here, sir. Back here on the left side of the seat. That's it, on the left side of the seat. That last dip curved sharply to the right. The speed of the roller coaster would naturally throw us both to the left. Yes, sir. I purposely sat alone in the front seat, Denny, with you in the seat behind me. See what would happen. Well, I tried to be jealous, sir, but I don't see what you're driving at. Miller, the barker, told us that he found Wynn's body slumped over in the front seat. On the right-hand side of the car. That means he couldn't possibly have been on that ride alone. Otherwise, that last dip would have thrown him over to the left the way it did us. Then he wasn't alone, sir, when he took that fatal ride. No. Someone rode alongside of him. Someone who knew he had a weak heart and knew he couldn't stand the shock of that last drop. Someone who forced him on that ride. Then you mean, sir, that Miss Wynn was right. Her father didn't die accidentally. Mr. Wynn was murdered on his own roller coaster. Well, Isabel, you're right. Then father was murdered, Captain Holmes. Yes. 
Someone forced him on that roller coaster, knowing the sharp curves and drops would be too much for his heart. Well, who would want to do that, sir? I don't know yet. Now, Isabel, I want you to tell me what other attractions you have here at Wonderland. Well, we have a shooting gallery here, as you see. Yes. And uh, what's down there? Well, just past the shooting range, over to the left, you can see the hill going on. Then there's a carousel across the road. Why, what are you after, Captain Drummond? I don't know yet. I'm just getting an idea. Go on. That's about all. Except for the whirlwind and the ride in the moonlight. The uh, ride in the moonlight? What's that? Oh, it sounds very romantic, sir. It is. It's a kind of modern old mill built right out into the water. You're a boy and a girl like a boat ride in the moonlight. Well, we fixed up some boats with outboard motors, and the couples take them out on the sound. I'd like to see that ride, Isabel. It's just around the corner here, but I don't think you'll find it very exciting, Captain. You can't tell. Well, there it is. Ride in the moonlight. See, the boats leave through that passageway on the right. And they ride under a tunnel for about 50 yards, and then they're out in the sound. The route beyond the tunnel is marked by boys, and you run along the sound for about a minute, and then back through another tunnel to the start. Hmm. Very ingenious. Sounds very attractive. It's very popular, too. Isabel, would you care to take a ride in the moonlight with me? Uh, with me and Denny, of course. Why, yes, Captain Drummond, if you think it worthwhile. I do. Ah, here's a boat, sir. It's called the Rhoda. You see, all the boats have names. It's a very pretty craft, as I may say so. All right, the Rhoda will do. Oh, excuse me, sir, Miss Wynn, uh, but the Rhoda's out of commission. We got to overhaul her. Why not take this boat, the Marianne? She's in shipshape condition and just as comfortable. Very well, the Marianne it is. Uh, give the motor a turn, will you, Danny? Right, sir. Ready, sir. Here we go. I say, sir, it's quite dark in this tunnel. That seems to be the idea, Denny. We'll be out on the sound in just a minute now. You haven't noticed anything yet, have you? I mean, anything out of the ordinary? No. Everything seems to be in order. The motor, sir. I, I think it backfired. That wasn't backfired, Denny. That's a gunshot. Keep low, Isabel. Someone's watching us. Someone's anxious to keep us from learning something. I'll be back in a moment to continue my story. Denny and I discovered that Anthony Wynn, an old friend of mine, was murdered. His accidental death due to heart failure was no accident, but a coldly planned killing. And in our search for the killer, Denny and I were in one of the little ride-in-the-moonlight boats with Isabel and his daughter. In the darkness of the tunnel, a shot came out. Keep low, Isabel. Someone's watching us. Someone's anxious to keep us from learning something. Denny, can you speed up that motor? I've tried, sir. No, I can't. It, it's set at a fixed speed. All right, we'll just have to hug the bottom, then. Keep down, both of you. Hold on. What's that? What's that? The Carlton sign. I mean, you're out there. The Oysters are in season sign. See it? Yes. Flashing off and on. I never saw that before. Six, seven, eight, nine, ten, ten flashes. What do you make of it, sir? Denny, what time is it? Oh, it's, it's hard to make out of this light, sir. Oh, it's just fifteen minutes before ten o'clock, sir. Ten o'clock, that's it. I think I've got it. 
Well, they've had to work faster than I thought. What do you mean, Captain Lovett? We've got to get back to shore. Jenny and I are going to Carlson's oyster bar. We're going to investigate some oysters on the half shell. Let's move over to the oyster bar, Denny. Is it ten yet? Almost, sir. It's about three minutes before the hour. Keep your eyes open. For what, sir? Anything unusual? Denny. Yes, sir? That man there at the oyster bar. The one taking the box of oysters, sir? Yes. Yes, I heard him order a dozen oysters to take out. Let's move over and I'll stumble against him. I'll try to knock the package out of his hand. See if you can get one of those oysters. I'll try, sir. Excuse me, sir. Could you spare me a match? I... Oh, you clumsy fool! Oh, I say, I'm dreadfully sorry. Really, I am here. Let me help you pick them up. Get away from here! Get away, you stumbling idiot! Leave those oysters alone! Don't you touch them! I'll kill you! I don't want your help! Get out of my way! You fool! You bumpy fool! Good work, Denny. Dear, what a fainted temper. There must be something the matter with that man. Did you get one? Did, did you see that man, sir? He turned purple with rage. I never saw anything like it in my life. Yes, yeah. yes, I saw him, Denny. And I think I know why. You did get one of the oysters, didn't you? Oh, yes, I did, sir. And most amazing, sir, these oysters aren't opened. I never heard of anyone ordering unopened oysters before, did you, sir? Not unless they aren't to be eaten. What do you mean, Captain Drummond? I'll know in a moment. Give me that oyster, Denny. Uh, no, no, not here. Come over to the corner. I want to open it. Open it, sir? Give me a knife. Thank you. There, that does it. Oh, that isn't an oyster, sir. No, Denny. There's a small white package in between these oyster shells. What do you make of it, sir? Come on, I'll tell you as we go. We haven't a moment to waste. We're going for another ride on the Mary Ann. Another exciting ride in the moonlight. Well, what about that oyster, sir? Dope, Denny. Dope, sir? Yes. The oyster house is nearly a blind for dope peddling. They take oysters, open them slightly, remove the meat, put in the drug, and close the shelf again. I thought it was hard for a man to come up to the oyster bar and order a dozen oysters in season to take out. One doesn't ask for oysters in season, unless one means something besides oysters. Oh, I see, sir. And that man I encountered, he must have been a purchaser. That's why he was so furious when I bumped into him. That man was an addict. You notice his face, the horrible tenseness of his eyes, and the stiffness of his body? Yes, I did. He seemed almost ready to kill me, sir. And he might have. He'd seen you take an oyster. Such men are desperate, and they'll stand for no interference. Denny, it was this that Mr. Wynne discovered before he was killed. You mean they found out that Mr. Wynne knew of their traffic in the foul drug, eh, sir? Exactly. And Carlson, knowing Mr. Wynne had a weak heart, forced him to ride on the whirlwind, thereby murdering him. Yes, but how could Carlson know that, sir? Miller, the barker. You remember he drove Miss Wynne and her father in to see the doctor yesterday? Then Miller mixed in it, too. I I said, Captain Drummond, where are you taking the boat? You're not following the boys. You're going out further into the town. We're taking a detour, Denny. We're going to visit Carlson's yacht. I suspect it's much more than an advertisement for the oyster house and much more than a yacht. All right, Denny, shut off the motor. We'll glide in. I don't want to broadcast our approach. Right, sir. Look, Denny, that boat there. Why, it's the rudder, sir. But 
the startle told us it was out of working order. Yes, out of working order for us. But an important part in Carlton's plan. What do you mean, sir? Never mind right now. Let's get up these steps and aboard. Walk quietly, Denny. There's no need to be what? quiet, Captain Drummond. We've been expecting you. Carlson. Yes, Captain Drummond, Carlson. I'm flattered you should know me without an introduction. Oyster house owner, yachtman, and as you have so ably demonstrated, smuggler. But right now, I'm the business end of a gun. Get up here, quick. Bobby. Very clever, Carlson. Now back over there to that door. We uh, couldn't understand why you took so long in getting here. Perhaps the Marianne was too slow. You should have tried the road. She's much faster, as your charming friend, Miss Wynne, can tell you. Miss Wynne? Is she? Yes. I took the precaution of inviting Miss Wynne to my yacht. We will say that uh, she is my guest. She occupies the cabin here. Not a very willing guest, I might add, but nevertheless a guest. I warn you, Carlson, if you harm Miss Wynne... Now, Drummond, I give the orders here. Now open that door. Down those steps and be quick about it. Open that door and get inside. Uh, this is the anchor room, Drummond. The room in which the anchor chain piled when we lift anchor. You see the windlass there and the chain attached. I'm uh, sorry it's not very comfortable. And when we hoist anchor, you may find it a bit overcrowded. But uh, <laughs> you won't mind it for long. We uh, take off at uh, five past eleven. Just about to pull anchor. You know this is murder, don't you, Carlson? First win, and now us. Win? Murder? Oh, oh that was heart failure, Drummond. Heart failure. You heard the doctor's report. And as for you, I didn't know you'd stowed away on my boat. And I never thought you'd hide in the anchor chain room. Your uh, accidental yeah. death will come as a shock to me, Captain. Oh. A great blow. Well, I see we're hoisting anchor. Hey, goodbye, uh, Captain Drummond. The door, Denny. Let's see if we can move it. Now it's no use. It's two inches of steel. Hey, the, the chain is beginning to fill up the room, sir. We've got to stop it. We've got to find something to keep that chain from piling in here. Quick, Denny, come around here. Give me a hand with this pipe. Coming, sir. One chance in 10,000, Denny, but we've got to take it. This steam pipe here may provide the power for hoisting the anchor. There must be a steam winch somewhere here, and I think this pipe is it. Here, here, take this rag. Wrap it around your hands and pull this way toward me when I say so. Right, sir. I'm ready. All right, then. Pull. Ending. Now, once more, together. Pull. Watch out, Jenny. That live steam is gone. It's behind it. Ah, I say you've got it, sir. The anchor stopped moving. Hand me that splendid oil, will you, Jenny? Yes, sir. Now, if I can force this piece of rag into the pipe of the stick, I'll be able to plug up that seam. Give me a hand, Denny, but watch out for the seam. Good. Now, help me bend this pipe in the direction of the door. They'll be down in a minute to find out what's wrong, and we'll be able to greet them properly. That's got it. Now, stand back, Denny. What's going on in there? Come on, get out of there, both of you. Here's something you didn't expect. Oh. That's better, Benny. 
force of that steel is like a blow in the head. Another down. Then it's done. Like that. Now, help me put up this pipe. We've got to get on deck. Sooner we get up on deck, the quicker we'll get to Carson. All right, Drummond, your little escape is over. Drop that gun. Very clever stopping that anchor. Now, get over there, both of you. Back up against that cabin. It looks as if my anchor method was a little too subtle for you. I gotta use the crudest method of all to get rid of you. A bullet through your head. You'll never get away with this, Carson. I saved the talk. Now, who wants it first? You, Drummond, or you? Good work, Miss Wynn. Get those guns, Denny. I've got them, sir. Now, up with your hands, Carlson. Up with them, I say. Why, you... Never mind that, Carlson. Get over here. Denny, give me one of those guns. Who hit me? I did. You were so sure of yourself, Carlson, you never saw Miss Wynn lean out of the cabin porthole. Denny, go unlock that door and let Miss Wynn out. Right, sir. If I may say so, sir, it's a great privilege to unlock the door for the guardian angel... Are you all right, Isabel? Yes, I'm fine. Good. Denny, go down in the hole and pick up Miller. He'll be coming too just about now. Right, sir. Oh, and Denny. Yes, sir. I want to get Carson and Miss Wynne back to shore. We'll take the Mary Ann. The rotor's still tied on at the landing steps. Bring Miller up and take him back with you in the rotor. Keep an eye on him, Denny. Keep a finger on your trigger. I'll take good care of him, sir. See you later. Have a pleasant ride, Mr. Carson. Captain Drummond, did this man kill my father? Yes, he and Miller. They did it together. Your father found out that Carlson was running more than an oyster house. That's why Carlson tried to buy him out. And then when father wouldn't sell, he forced him on the roller coaster. But what? Because he was smuggling dope. That was it? Yes. He brought the drugs into the sound on his yard and used the ride your father was operating as a blind for his smuggling. He landed his stuff on shore through the ride in the moonlight. The ride in the moonlight? Yes. One of his men, and perhaps a woman, to make it look like two people enjoying the ride, would buy a ticket, run the boat out through the tunnel into the sound, and then they'd steer out to the yacht where the packages would be picked up. I see. And in those packages? Oysters. Oysters? Mm-hmm. Oysters packed with a drug. In case they were discovered in the process, those packages were very proper. Just a box of oysters bought at Carlson's Oyster Bar. How did you find out about the ride in the moonlight? Well, when we took our first ride, you remember the attendant said not to take the rotor, that she was out of order? Yes, I do remember. Well, I ran my hand across the motor. It was still hot. The boat was in good shape, and as I judged from the make of the motor, faster than the other boats. And then there was oil on the front of the boat. Oil? Yes, Carson, oil. When we took that first ride, Isabel, and stayed in the lanes marked for the ride, our boat didn't pick up any oil. But the rotor had oil in her bow. Now, oil on the sound can mean only one thing, a vessel. Carlson's yacht is the only vessel within half a mile. That was the last piece to the puzzle. Uh, the last piece but one. What do you mean, the last but one? The last question was how to get off Carlson's yacht with him pointing a gun at me. And you answered that one, Isabel. With my good right hand. When we've deposited our murderer here and Denny comes in with Miller... The ride in the moonlight will be restricted to couples interested exclusively in the moon. 
of the fog, out of the night, and into his American adventures comes Bulldog Drummond. In the great light of early morning, the young woman and the man stand at the finish line of the train track, their eyes intently following the racehorse as the jockey brings it down the home stretch. The young woman holds the stopwatch tensely in her hand. The horse rushes past the finish line, and the young woman snaps the control lever on the watch. The jockey slows his mount down and brings it back to the finish line at a slow trot. Easy, boy. Easy. How do we do, Miss Peters? 147 and a half, Al. Nice riding, kid. Well, thanks, Mr. Connors. A mile the 16th and 147 and a half. That's not bad, eh, Miss Peters? Not bad. That's darn good, Al. That's White Star's best time to date. Well, Mr. Connors, what do you think of it now? Miss Peters, I wouldn't believe it if I didn't see it myself. White Star was a complete washout last season as a two-year-old. You know his record. He didn't show him the money once. I really figured I'd pull a smart deal when I sold him to you. <laughs> Sorry for your bargain now, huh? Well, a bargain's a bargain. Anyway, this was just a trial run. I'll hold off crying into my beer until I see how he makes out in a money race. Well, you'll do plenty of crying, Mr. Connors. White Star's going to be a real champion this season. That's right. With Al Russo up, he's a sure winner. With anybody up, Miss Peters. This pony's got what it takes. Say, I better get him back to the stable for a rub down. I'll see you later. All right, Al. Wow. Yeah, Mr. Connors. Hold it a minute, will you? I'm going back to the stable. I'll walk with you. Sure. Do you mind, Miss Peters? No, go right ahead. And don't forget you're buying me champagne at the clubhouse if White Star wins tomorrow. Champagne it'll be. All right, Al. Let's go. Right. What are you trying to pull, Al? What do you mean, Nick? You know what I mean. You know just what I mean. You let this nag out all the way this morning on that track. You were riding him full. Was the idea? I just wanted to see what he could really do. Yeah? Why? Just curious. I told you to hold him back, didn't I? I got you the job with that Peters dame, so you do what I tell you. White Star wins when I say he wins and not before. He comes in under the wire when the odds are where I want them. You understand that? Well, yeah, sure, Nick, just as you say, but... And, Nick, one thing bothers me. What? What did you have done to this hay burner? Last season, he didn't have no more chance than a snowball in the Sahara. You dumped him on Helen Peters because he was a flop. Now, all of a sudden, he runs like man of war. What's the angle, Nick? I'm paying you to ride White Star the way I say to ride him. Is that right, Al? Yeah, that's right. Okay. So you just do that. I'm not paying you to ask questions. Remember that. You get too nosy, and instead of riding that nag, you're liable to end up jockeying a hearse. Remember that, Al. I'll get it, Denny. Very well, Bob. Hello? Captain Drummond? Yes? I gotta talk to you. I'm in a jam. Who is this? Russo. My name's Al Russo. I'm jockeying out at the Westwood track. Just what sort of jam are you in, Mr. Russo? I'm riding White Star in the fourth race this afternoon. I'm out at the track now. I'll be going to the post in an hour, and I, I gotta talk to you before the race. Can you make it out here fast? You still haven't told me what this is all about. Well, you gotta come. I'll meet you in front of the grandstand. Section C. You got that? Section C. Mr. Russo, I hadn't planned to spend the afternoon out at the track, so if you expect me to alter my schedule, you'll have to be a bit more explicit. Just why do you want me to meet you? Well, look, I can't talk here. I think they spotted me coming into this booth. They? Who are they? The 
ones who are going to kill me. What? That's right, Captain Drummond. I've got to get protection. I can't go to the cops. You can save me if I talk to you before White Star goes to the post. I'll be waiting for you where I said. Now get out here as soon as you can. Hello, Mr. Russo. Hello. Hello. Denny. Denny. Yes, sir. What is it, sir? Hurry, bring the car around front. We're going out to the Westwood racetrack. Westwood racetrack? But I thought we There's were going... a change in our plans, Denny. But, sir, why this sudden and new interest in the horses? It's not the horses. It's my usual and old interest, murder. Now, hurry, get the car. I'll be out in a moment. Well, sir, we've been standing here in front of the grandstand for ten minutes and no sign of your harried Mr. Russo. You know what, sir? What, Denny? This may be nothing more than some sort of practical joke. Maybe there is no such person as Al Russo. There's an Al Russo, all right. How do you know, sir? I checked the racing page in the newspaper before we came out here. Just as he told me over the phone, he's scheduled to ride White Star in the fourth race. Well, if he's going to show up here, he'd better make it soon. The fourth race will begin in a few moments. Come on, Denny. Where are we going, sir? To the paddock. Russo should be there. Maybe he could... Pardon me. Yes? You're uh, Captain Drummond. Yes? Uh, Sir, hadn't we better hurry? It's almost post time. Please, I must talk to you, Captain Drummond. Uh, Sorry, miss. Perhaps later. Al sent me. Al Russo? Yes. Where is he? He couldn't meet you here. Well, where is he? He was afraid to come out into the open. And just who are you? I'm Al's wife. Captain Drummond, he's in trouble. So he said over the phone. Well, he's got to talk to you. He wouldn't tell me what it was, but I know it's something terrible. You will help him, won't you? I'll do everything I can. Thank you, thank you. Now, where can I speak to your husband, Mrs. Rousseau? Over there. At that line of telephone booths under the grandstand. He's waiting for you. He's in the third booth. Al said I should wait out here and see if they follow you to him. All right, Mrs. Rousseau. We'll be back to talk to you after I see your husband. Yes, I'll be right here. Come along, Denny. I'm with you, sir. Third booth. Here it is, Denny. What? It's empty, sir. There's no one in there. Yes. But Mrs. Russo said he was waiting here for you. Denny, Mrs. Russo isn't a woman of her word for more reasons than one. What do you mean by that, sir? Look over there, where we were talking to Mrs. Russo. Why? Why, she's not there. She's disappeared. Exactly. Come on, Denny, hurry. Where to now? The paddock. What do you suppose this is all about? Why did Mrs. Russo tell us her husband was in that telephone booth and then vanish herself? I think that's your answer, Denny. Oh, I say, they're calling the horses to the post of the fourth race. Exactly. And there goes White Star to the starting gate with the others. That's your answer, all right. We were tricked by Mrs. Russo. It was a stall to keep us away from her husband until the race began. Yes, there's something radically wrong out there. 
I've just learned from the track officials that my jockey, Al Russo, was poisoned. Yes, that's what happened. I've been asked to handle the investigation. I don't know whether you were informed of the matter, but Russo called me earlier this afternoon. Al called you? Yes. But why? He wanted me to help save his life. Miss Peters, what do you know about Al Russo? Nothing, except that he was a good jockey, Captain Drummond. Don't understand. Why should anyone want to murder Al? I was about to ask you the same question. I know he didn't have any enemies. Uh, Miss Peters, uh, according to Russo's wife... His wife? Yes, a young lady about your height, blonde. I didn't know I was married. He didn't tell me. Denny, I doubt seriously if the young woman was Russo's wife. While you went for Miss Peters, I checked with the other jockeys here. As far as they knew, Russo was single. That mysterious woman was just playing her part in the murder game. Captain Drummond. Yes, Miss Peters? I was with Al in the paddock when he mounted White Star. He seemed perfectly well then. He was at that point. But they said he was poisoned. That's correct. How? No one was near him after he left the paddock for the starting gate. Russo's death was caused by a strong and swift-acting poison. That poison was injected into his system. Injected? Jenny, let me have that saddle. Yes, sir. The medical examiner found a puncture on the inside of Russo's right thigh. Here's the saddle, sir. Hold it up a bit, Denny, so Miss Peters can see. Right, sir. Miss Peters, you'll notice this sticking out of the right side of White Star's saddle. It's a neat. The murder weapon. There's a hypodermic sewed on the inside of the saddle there. The hypodermic contains the poison. Who could have put that into the saddle? I have the slightest idea. Miss Peters, when is White Star scheduled to race again? Next week at Overton Park, I've entered him in the Wilton Handicap. But with Al gone, I've no jockey. Al could handle White Star. He got more out of him than any other rider. Just now, Miss Peters, I'm not concerned with White Star winning. I just want to make sure that he runs at Overton Park next week. It may be our only chance to catch a killer. You got another jockey, Mr. Connors. What you got, Dave? Teddy Lynch. Lynch is a smart kid, Mr. Connors. He knows how to ride to win. He can bring White Star under the wire in a Wilson handicap next week. What about Drummond? Well, he and that studio his are hanging around the stable all the time. This is the first chance I got to come over here. What are you going to do about Lynch? You won't be able to get to him with Drummond around. I'm not getting to Lynch. You mean you're going to let White Star come in for a win? Not on your life. I told you I was holding that nag from a win until I get the odds up high enough for a big killing. And next week they won't be anywhere near where I want them. Yeah, Mr. Connors, but how are you going to stop it? When are you taking White Star to Overton Park? Tuesday night. You drive over by Route 6? Yeah. All right. Here's what you do. Ten miles outside of town, there's an intersection. Halsey Corners, it's called. I know the place. Okay. You turn right onto 15A and go along for seven miles. Then you come to a sign that says, The Yokes. It's a farm a little off the main road. The Yokes? Right. I'll meet you there. Everything will be set for the nag. Pulling in reverse, eh, Mr. Kennedy? What do you think? I got too much invested to let White Star win yet. 
Get everything straight, Dave? Sure, but what about Drummond? What about him? Maybe he'll take it into his head to follow the truck. <laughs> if he does, it'll be the last following he'll ever do. Don't worry about Drummond. I'll have everything set for him, too. Take it easy, boy. Now, easy, easy. Seems to be a little nervous tonight, Dave. I think White Star kind of misses out on us, Peters. I don't usually have this trouble loading them on the truck this way, boy. Come on. Easy, Jeff. Good evening, Miss Peters. Oh, Captain Drummond, I thought you and Teddy Lynch went on to Overton. I changed my mind. Denny and I have some work to do. I sent Lynch on ahead. By the way, what do you think of Lynch? Seems to be a fine jockey. I told you he'd work out. We both may get what we want at Overton. You a victory for White Star, and I, Al Russo's murderer. All set, Miss Peters. Well, then you better get started, Dave. Uh, sure thing. Just as soon as I get this ramp up, I'm off. Have you found any trace of that uh, woman who said she was Mrs. Russo? Not a sign of her. But I have an idea she'll show up sooner or later. All right, ready to get underway, Miss Peters. All right, Dave. I'll see you tomorrow morning at Overton. Uh, good night. Good night. I'd drive you back to town, Captain Holmes. Uh, no, thank you very much. Here comes Denny with my car now. All set, sir? Yes, just Denny. See you at Overton, Miss Peters. All right, Denny, let's go. Right, sir. Keep on the tail of that truck. Right, sir. Not too close. I don't want him to suspect he's being followed. So far, he's sticking to the route, Captain Drummond. Yes, but it's still quite a way to Overton. What makes you think something surprising may happen? In the absence of clues, Denny, I have to fall back on hunches. Well, if you ask me, I think we're out on a wild uh, horse chase, if you pardon the pun. Slow down, Denny. Hmm? He's turning off the road. I say, perhaps you were right about that fellow, Dave, sir. That's not the way to Overton. Step on it, Denny. Get up to that intersection. Right, Now, take that turn fast. I don't want to lose track of that truck. Hold on, sir. Here we go. Ah, there he is, up ahead. He's picking up speed. Keep after him. I wonder where he's taking White Star. We should soon find out. That... Denny. What is it, sir? Look, look, that car pulling out up ahead. It's cutting across at us. Wait, swing off the road before we crash head on. <laughs> Denny. Oh, I, I'm all right, sir. It's just my arm. We're certainly lucky. We might have been killed. That apparently was their intention. You mean that wasn't an accident? Not by a long shot. That car was evidently waiting for us to come along. Someone had made preparations in the event that the truck carrying White Star was tailed. At any rate, Denny, one of my hunches has been proven correct. No doubt about it, we were on the right track. Yes, but now, unfortunately, sir, we've been derailed. Only temporarily, Denny. Only temporarily. But what about the truck? We've lost it. Oh, I'm sure White Star will turn up at Overton safe and sound. Yes, but what about us? Well, first we get in touch with the local police and arrange for our sudden passing. Sudden passing? What do you mean, sir? We're dead, Denny. Dead? That's the way the newspapers will carry the story. Captain Hugh Drummond and Denny killed an auto crash. How does that sound to you? Frightful. What's the idea? I want our would-be assailants to think they were successful. It'll make our work more simple. 
So, Denny, for the time being, we're dead. Very well, sir. I'm dead. Now, would you mind telling me just what work we corpses are to do? Denny, I'm afraid this is going to confound you even more. Go ahead, sir. But break it to me gently. You've heard the one about the horse of a different color? Continue. Well, Denny, we're setting out to find a horse of the same color. Dear, frankly, sir, it doesn't make one bit of sense. But, sense or no sense, I suppose we ghosts should stick together. All right. We'll try that barn first. Really, Captain Drummond, we're taking quite a gamble sneaking about farms in this fashion. We're liable to run up against a farmer who'll take us for trespassers and greet us with a load of buckshot. I'm afraid we'll just have to chance that. Very well, sir. But how long are we going to keep this prowling up? Until I find what we're looking for. I'm sure it's someplace in this area. All right, open that door and we'll see what this barn has to offer. All right, come on. Close the door. Yes, sir. The horse stalls are over there. Let's go. Denny. What is it, sir? That horse in the end stall. Sir. Come on. Why, Captain Drummond, this horse, he has a white marking on his head. The same marking. Yes, it's White Star, all right, Denny. Oh, but, but I still don't understand. You said when you checked yesterday morning that White Star had arrived at Overton. So he did. Well, then who is this horse? White Star. Oh, now, really, sir, nothing can be in two different places at the same time. Would you mind telling me what this is all about? All right, Denny, all right. Here's the way I see it. This white star we're looking at is a ringer for the white star at Overton. Ringer? A ringer is a sort of stand-in, a replacement to be used at an arranged time. But why? Well, Denny, in horse racing, there's a very good reason, money. The two white stars are identical, probably, in all factors but one, speed. That's where the money angle is put to work. You remember we checked on White Star's past record. Yes, it was quite undistinguished. Exactly. No wins. The odds against White Star coming in first are great. Oh, I see, sir. If White Star wins, the one who bets on him will be richly rewarded. That's right, Denny. And the chances are that one of the White Stars stands a very good chance of winning. I see. Captain Drummond, do you suppose Miss Peters knows about this? From the way things look, it doesn't appear so. White Star was sold to her last season by Nick Connors. In the past, Connor's dealings in horse flesh have been on the shady side. Oh, then perhaps Connor's had something to do with Al Russo's murder. It's altogether likely, Denny. But we'll have to prove that by drawing Connor's out. How do you expect to accomplish that, sir? By seeing just how interested he is in the way White Star runs. Denny, we're getting this horse out of here. And then what? You and I are taking him to Overton to make an unauthorized switch in horses. Then we'll wait until tomorrow's race and see if we can encircle the murderers with our ringer. I say, Connors is here, sir. I saw him in a box at the other end of the grandstand. All right, Denny. Now, we'd better remain out of sight until after the race. I, uh, I saw Miss Peter's stable hand dazed, too. He's wearing a bandage around his head as a result of that blow I delivered to him last night before we switched horses. Must be quite a headache, sir. But nothing, Denny, compared to the headache the state is going to give him when we wind this case up. You know, Captain Drummond, one thing bothers me. What's that? 
I wonder which of the two is the real white star, the one who ran so badly last season. We'll soon learn that, Denny. Ah, there they go. And as they come around the far turn, it's Seminole, still out in front by two lanes over Rocky Ridge, with Dusty King moving up to take third position of a wind song. Seminole has now extended his lead by three full lanes, and wait, there's White Star coming up fast on the inside. Yes, he's making his bid. White Star with Teddy Lynch up. He passes Dusty King to capture the number three spot, and he's still moving up. White Star, the 20-to-1 shot up there among the leaders, and let's around the turn into the home stretch. It's Seminole still in the lead, and, and there goes White Star past Rocky Ridge into second place, and he's still coming up fast. Johnny Teddy Lynch is pushing his mouth, pushing, pushing, and now it's White Star challenging Seminole, and he's up there, Seminole and White Star, neck and neck, White Star and Seminole, as they head for the finish line, and here they come, and White Star won today. You don't say. I don't know how it happened. I can't figure it out. You can't, huh? I can. Nick, what's the matter? You're a lousy double-crosser. What are you talking about? What am I talking about? You. The dirtiest double-dealing dame on the face of the earth. That's what I'm talking about. Nick, I couldn't help it if White Star won today. He just ran well. White Star doesn't run that well. He hasn't got it in him. The ringer was in there today. What? Don't give me that what business. You were setting yourself up for some quick change and a run-out. I got it all figured. Nick, you're wrong. I just I checked didn't... with the farm. The ringer wasn't there. You got him out. You pulled a double switch on me. No, no, honest. We I were going to split it. a nice take, you and me. But you, you couldn't wait. You wanted to make a grab for yourself, just like Al Russo did. What made you think you'd get away with it? What made you think so? You're wrong, Nick. You're wrong. I didn't know. I don't know what you're talking about. I rig up a neat scheme. Nobody knows the connection between you and me. I rig it up neat so we can get out with a clean take. You sit high and dry. I get the dirty work done. I get rid of Russo. Then I put Drummond and that stooge of his out of the way. And all the time, all the time, you're setting me up for a lousy sucker. Nick, believe me, I didn't switch the horses. I had nothing to do Not with it. Not much you didn't. Please, you've got to believe get me. Get over there by the window. What? What are you going to do to me? I got another plan for you and me now. Only this time, it's sure to work. I'm seeing it with personally. You're going out that window. Nick! You're going out that window and smacking that lion face of yours. Stop moving! Nick, please, wait Come on, me. get over the window! Nick, for heaven's sake, you said a little Get over the window, Nick! 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 Get over the we heard everything you two said. You see, Miss Peters, we followed Nick Connors here. All right, Denny, you may show them the way out. Delighted, sir. Miss Peters, Connors, you and the others in this scheme will be starting off soon in a race run by justice. A race for your lives. And believe me, in a contest like that, there won't be any ringer. I'll be back in a moment to tell you about next week's story.
Next week, Penny and I visit a seashore resort and find the carnival owner dead on his own scenic railway. Our investigation leads us from attraction to attraction and from murder to smuggling. I call this story, Death Loops the Loop. Be sure to listen, won't you? 